America retaliates against Iran-backed militant groups following an attack on U.S. service members in Iraq. And time's up. As of today, some of Apple's most popular watches are no longer for sale. The Morning Rundown starts now. From the Straight Arrow News Studio, bringing the stories that matter to you from across the United States and around the world, this is The Morning Rundown. Today is Tuesday, December 26th. Thank you for joining us. I'm Kara Rucker. The United States has fired retaliatory strikes against Iranian-backed militia groups in Iraq following a drone attack hours earlier that injured three U.S. service members at an airbase in northern Iraq. One of the service members was critically injured. President Joe Biden was alerted of the attack on the airbase and ordered the Pentagon and top security aides to prepare response options. According to a statement by Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, the strikes targeted three facilities largely used by Kataib Hezbollah, who claimed credit for the drone attack. U.S. Central Command saying a number of Kataib Hezbollah militants were likely killed. U.S. troops in the Middle East have come under dozens of attacks since the war between Israel and Hamas began on October 7th. Austin said in a statement, The president and I will not hesitate to take necessary action to defend the United States, our troops, and our interests. There is no higher priority. While we do not seek to escalate conflict in the region, we are committed and fully prepared to take further necessary measures to protect our people and our facilities. Egypt is proposing a plan to end the ongoing war between Israel and Hamas, with both sides not yet rejecting the idea. Israel's war cabinet met on Monday night to discuss the multi-step plan. According to reports, the proposal calls for a pause in fighting for up to two weeks to allow for the release of more Israeli hostages, including children, women and the elderly, in exchange for the release of approximately 140 Palestinians imprisoned in Israel. The pause would be followed by the creation of a transitional government for the Gaza Strip and the West Bank, consisting of several Palestinian factions, including Hamas and the Palestinian Authority. Israel and Hamas would then negotiate an all-for-all deal that would see the release of all remaining hostages in return for all Palestinian prisoners, and Israel's military withdrawing from Gaza and Palestinian militant groups halting rocket attacks at Israel. The Egyptian plan was shared with Israel, Hamas, Qatar, and the U.S. last week. Though a proposal may be in discussion, Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu gave no sign of a possible deal in the works, telling troops in northern Gaza on Monday, quote, We're not stopping. The war continues until the end. In an op-ed piece published in the Wall Street Journal later in the day, Netanyahu outlined three things he sees as needed to be accomplished for peace. Hamas must be destroyed, Gaza must be demilitarized, and Palestinian society must be de-radicalized. Congress is currently on holiday break, and members won't be back in Washington, D.C. until January 8th for what will surely be a busy start to their year with debates over Ukraine and Israel aid, border security, and keeping the government running still to be settled. Straight Arrow News political correspondent Ray Bogan took a look at the typical work week of members of Congress who consistently work three to four days a week in D.C. with travel days on Mondays and Thursdays. It's 10.46 a.m. on a Thursday morning, 
and this line of cars means the exodus from Washington is about to begin. Members spend hours going back and forth between their home states and D.C. every week, and they spend your taxpayer dollars to do it. The money comes out of the members' representational allowance, used to pay for travel, staff, equipment, and other official expenses. The allowance ranges from $1.8 to $2 million, with an average of $1.9 million, depending on how far away the member lives from Washington. Some lawmakers tell Straight Arrow News that consistently leaving has a negative impact on getting work done and building bipartisanship. You can find Ray's full report, including reaction from members of Congress, now on our website, san.com. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene took to social media to say she was a victim of a swatting attempt on Christmas Day. Authorities say a man from New York called the suicide prevention hotline, claiming he had shot his girlfriend and was going to kill himself at Greene's Georgia home. Police called Greene's private security team, who confirmed she was safe and that there was no emergency. Swatting is where callers report fake emergencies to draw a large armed police response to a home or a business. Green, who has been the target of swatting attempts in the past, wrote on social media, quote, I was just swatted. This is like the eighth time on Christmas with my family here. My local police are the greatest and shouldn't have to deal with this. Congressman Brandon Williams of New York says he was also a target of swatting on Christmas Day. Police are still investigating. A federal judge has ruled that another lawsuit brought against the social media platform X, formerly known as Twitter, will move forward and head to trial. In this case, Elon Musk's company is accused of not paying out more than $5 million in bonuses to staff after his takeover in October of 2022. A former employee sued on behalf of himself and nearly 2,000 employees, saying there was a verbal promise to employees they would receive a percentage of their bonuses if they stayed with the company but never got them. X argued in court that an oral promise should not be binding and Texas law should apply to the case since that is where the employee lives. But the judge ruled against the social media giant, saying the case can move forward based on California law as the company is based in San Francisco. Finally this morning, if you found the latest Apple Watch under your Christmas tree yesterday, you may have one of the last ones to be sold. As of today, the Apple Watch 9 and Apple Watch Ultra 2 are no longer available in Apple stores. Apple already had taken the watch models down from its online store last week. This is all because of the blood oxygen sensor technology found in the watches. In October, the U.S. International Trade Commission ruled that Apple violated patents by medical device company Massimo. The Biden administration had 60 days to overturn the ruling, with Christmas Day being the deadline, but did not take any action. While Apple has pulled the disputed watches from the market, the company says it is, quote, pursuing a range of legal and technical options to ensure that Apple Watch is available to customers. But if you're still looking to buy an Apple Watch, the ruling does not affect older models like the Apple Watch SE, which are still available to purchase. These are your top stories for this Tuesday. Be sure to subscribe to the Morning Rundown newsletter to get the top stories each weekday morning. Just go to san.com rundown to sign up. Unbiased, straight facts, that's straight arrow news. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, I'm Kara Rucker. Have a great day.